Thank you for tuning in to Far Better, where we look to be pleasing to God in this life, so our eternity is far better. I'm your host, Michael Clark, and I've got back with me again Derek Coble from the West Sparta Church of Christ in Tennessee and Ryan Manning from the Somerville Church of Christ. Guys, it's good to have you back on the program. Hi, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Ryan, we'll start with you. Is worry a sin? Well, this is a, this is a question that, that we really have to consider, and we have to make some very important distinctions because when we talk about the things that are going to happen to us in the future, whether, whether we know they'll happen to us or uh, whether it's, it's just something that we're imagining, we, we tend not to want to suffer. And in the Bible, you see people that, well, they don't want to suffer. For example, before Jesus went to the cross, as he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Bible says he, he sweat, and his sweat was like drops of blood. Uh, he was definitely stressed about the things that would happen in the future. And, he, and then you have, let's see, Elijah, right. I believe, was after he defeated, or after God defeated the prophets, or the, yeah, the prophets of Baal, Jezebel said she's going to kill him, and Elijah fled into the wilderness and was depressed because of that. He actually wished he was dead. Um, he, was, he was worrying about things in the, things in the future. So what, you know, when does, when does it become a sin, I think, is, is a good way to frame that. Well, it, the thing that strikes me is you've got Elijah and Jesus both making a request to God. But the difference in the request is Elijah says, God, kill me. It's not worth living because of what Jezebel wants to do to me. Whereas Jesus says, Lord, if there's any other way where mankind can be saved and it doesn't require a bloody sacrifice of my life, please do it. If not, I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. And I see a similarity in David because David was on the run for his life multiple times. That's got to cause some worry to a degree when you have people chasing you down trying to kill you. And yet David's multiple psalms that he wrote in those situations, he's beseeching the Lord to get him through that. And he's asking the Lord to help get him to the other side of this and to take him through and that he is strong because his enemies are weak, because God's on his side. And it seems the difference in those three situations is David and Jesus knew that God would get them through it, whereas Elijah didn't trust God to get him through it and said, just kill me now. Derek, what do, you, what do you want to add to this? Yeah, that's exactly right. I would say worry is saying I don't trust God to do what he's promised me that he's going to do. And when you come to the New Testament, you have some explicit commands here. And one of those is from Jesus himself, Matthew six thirty four, where he says, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. The New King James says simply this, don't worry about tomorrow. And so that is a direct command from Jesus. So that means if I worry about tomorrow, then I have violated that command. You have another in Philippians 4 and verse 6 where Paul says, be careful for nothing. Mm -hmm. And another way to say that is don't be anxious or don't worry. And again, that is a command, an explicit command. That means if I am full of care, if I am anxious, then I have violated that command. So there is a fine line there, and, and you're right. And we've been talking about piling those cares up. And I think, you know, when we talk about these examples, another good example of this 
anxiety over physical things, which Jesus indicates don't, don't have care for those physical things in Matthew 6, is the example of Martha, mm-hmm. who was careful, Jesus said, and troubled about many things, Luke 10, 38 through 41. And what were the many things that she was troubled about? They were all physical. Whereas Mary was the one who was focused upon choosing the good part, Jesus says, which was the spiritual side. So she was actually letting Jesus handle things. And Jesus tells Martha as, you know, she's concerned saying, hey, she's, she ought to be helping me here. You need to tell her to get up and do something. And Jesus says, hey, Martha, you are too concerned about your cares. And so he can handle it. What she chose was far better, wasn't it? That's right. That's right. Good plug. Um, (laughs) One of the things that struck me, too, is is the Israelites worried almost all the time, it seemed, about whether God could really deliver them or not. And that, that to me, is what's so puzzling about this. But I really see a good contrast in myself with the Israelites because I can honestly say there have been times, and Ryan, you know, there have been some times where I'm, I'm right, but there have been a lot of times where I'm not. And the Israelites were wrong the entire time. I never said that. I know. I'm saying it for me. <laughs> I, won't, uh, <laughs> I won't ever admit the, the but right you look part. But you look at the Israelites, right? And God does these ten plagues. He brings them out of bondage. And it's not long that they don't trust him anymore and say, we just need to go back to Egypt. It's much better that we go there. You even have in Joshua 24 and verse 15 where they say, we'll serve the Lord. And Joshua says, no, you won't. I know you're not going to. And he makes them sign a contract to serve God. And can you imagine why he did that with what he had seen? I can see why he would do that. You sign a contract that you'll serve God like you promised because I don't believe you're going to do it. But the very next book is Judges, and I'm told as soon as Joshua and the elders died, Israel went into disarray. And if I really don't worry about what God is going to do or not going to do, I will serve him completely. So I guess the question that can be involved with this is, how can someone actually stop worrying? You know, how do we do that? Well, it's not going to be easy. I mean, it's it's just like turning away from any sin that we have, any habit perhaps that is in our lives. And, you know, that command to repent is an easy thing to say. It's not an easy thing for us to do. So, there are a lot of problems that we are facing that young people are facing that that is kind of disturbing that they are growing up in a world where they're filled with worry they're filled with care and what they're what they're filled with primarily is thinking about you know how is my family situation going to work out or mom and dad are they going to divorce you know kids are worried about that uh kids are worried about violence you know, you've seen so many episodes of violence in school shootings. We've seen terrorism. And our children are growing up being afraid, worried about what's going to happen when they go into a restaurant, when they go into a mall or any mm-hmm. public place. They, they've got that on their mind. I, I have even read that there are children who are concerned that they're not going to be able to tell right from wrong. Hmm because our society has blurred those lines so much that they're afraid that as they grow up, they don't know what's right and what's wrong. Whereas the scriptures tell us we can discern that, mm-hmm. Hebrews 5.14, but we've, we've got to be taught 
as to how we need to do that. And we also have situations where they're wondering, how is my marriage going to turn out? Am I going to have a happy family or not? So all of these things are on the minds of teenagers, even younger children today. And it is going to be a difficult thing for us to overcome. It might be that there's a lot of insecurity that causes all of these types of things. Um, But basically, how are we going to teach them to get over that and not be so anxious about it and move on with life? I think the ultimate answer is we've got to show them that we can refocus those cares and direct them to God because the reality is he's always on our side. He's there. Well, it's amazing you mentioned our children. Just in case we catch somebody who hasn't heard part one, you can go check that out. Uh, but part one, we, we reference that there's a difference between being concerned about things and worrying. Obviously, I'm concerned about my family's financial state. I'm concerned whether my wife has a working vehicle. I'm concerned whether my family has food. The Bible tells me to do that in 1 Timothy 5.8 to provide for my family. So I'm concerned that they're physically taken care of and that they're, uh, they've got security. So, you know, those are things I'm concerned about, but I don't necessarily put a security system on my house just because I believe someone's coming to bust down my door. I do it to take in advance, in case that ever happens, I'm concerned for their safety and well-being, so I'll take precaution, but it's not because I would lay in bed at night worrying, okay, what was that sound? Is, is it time? Is someone here? Our children worry, well, no, let's, let's rephrase it. They, they're concerned about whether they're going to pass a test. They're concerned about what assignments they have going on. They're concerned about things that are not sinful to be concerned about. And so we do make that distinction. Obviously, worry is a sin. And worrying, simply put, I loved your definition, it's me saying God can't do what he's told me he can do. And Ryan, along the lines with can one actually stop worrying, what's the best advice you could give someone to deal with worry properly? The advice that I would give is to... Well, we have to we have to change the way we the way we view suffering. Because mm-hmm. worry when we worry we are so focused on the suffering that we that, that is coming in the future. And you know, once again, whether it's it's actually going to happen or it's just imagined, we have to first of all realize that suffering is inevitable. We cannot prepare enough to avoid suffering. It's going to happen. Uh, and suffering, well, as James says, is something that we should be happy to face. We should count it all joy when we, when we suffer, when we fall into diverse temptations, it says, because it, it forms us into somebody that, well, we, we are more steadfast. We have the ability to comfort others. We have the ability to help people, and ultimately it's going to... F- uh, that suffering, those difficulties that we face, will will form us into the kind of people that the kind of people that God wants in heaven. It's interesting you mentioned suffering. Paul write, wrote in Second Corinthians twelve how he had this thorn in the flesh, and it was bad enough that he prayed to God on three occasions to take it from him, and God's answer was, "My grace is sufficient for you." So, Paul, do you worry about it anymore? No. I take pleasure in it. I don't worry about what's going on in my life. I take pleasure in the hardship that I face, and because I'm when I'm weak, I'm strong. The apostles in Acts chapter 5, when they were beaten 
for doing what the Bible told them to do through, you know, of course we say Bible, we know that as the Bible, but what Jesus had commanded them to do, and they didn't go out worried about whether or not they were going to get another beating. They were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for his name. And then you have people like Paul who got onto multiple ships that wrecked, dealt with multiple types of torture and punishment, and still preached and taught and wrote all the way up to the end of his life and didn't worry about what was going on. And even, you know, the only thing Paul seemed to be concerned about was the state of the Lord's church in certain places like Corinth and Thessalonica and Galatia and all these other places that he wrote letters to to try to encourage them to get back on the right track or to exhort them to do the things that are right to do. And so dealing with worry seems to be a lot like what we've talked about. Understanding suffering is a part of the Christian life. Understanding that God's grace is sufficient for us and that we don't have to stress about it because God's got our back. You got something else you want to add, Ryan? There's a there's a passage that, that I really love to think about, especially when there's something bad that might happen or something that, that I am tempted to worry about. Romans chapter eight, verse twenty eight says that it says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And, and what this verse means is that whatever suffering, and, and Romans, this part of Romans chapter 8, it, is a, it has a context of suffering that, that we face. But whatever suffering I go through is going to lead me to that ultimate good. If I love God, I'm going to wind up in heaven. Whether, you know, and the pain that I feel on this earth, that's going to lead me there to heaven. It's going to lead me to be with God and... In verse 18, he says that the sufferings of this present time aren't worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. If we can just see past the suffering, past those things that we're worrying about to something that it, it, you can't even compare it to the suffering, that really helps. You know, Derek, we, we got who in the Bible worried, and two struck my mind even while we're talking about this. Habakkuk worried about how God could use a nation like Babylon when they were so wicked and so horrible, God, how could you possibly do that? And God, God informs him, I'm going to work a work that even if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. I've got this, basically as if to say, let me handle this. Jonah worried about whether God would spare Nineveh because he perched himself above the city so that he might see the destruction, it appears. And when Nineveh is spared, he gets angry at God because he didn't want Nineveh to be spared. And so he kind of worries about what God is going to do. But other than the people that we've mentioned, it's amazing to me that people that we would call prophets, people that we would call servants of God, worried. Who else in the Bible that you might have worried that we can look to for an example of what not to do or what to do when we worry? Is there anybody else that you can think of? Uh, right offhand, I'm not. I think we've covered a lot of them already. Um, you know, we've we've covered the physical side of things um, with Martha. Um, you might go back to uh, Saul in some situations in the Old Testament. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there, there's just a multitude of examples throughout the scriptures, especially the Old Testament, as we've pointed out. You don't see it so much in the New Testament. Um, Paul did have care um and but his care was upon 
the churches. That was on his mind every day, 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 28. So, yeah, I think that we have given a wide variety of examples. We can learn from them, obviously, Romans 15, 4, not to make those same mistakes. But we are going to make those mistakes. Right. We're going to make some of those mistakes. But the point is we're going to you know, be mindful to correct them as uh, we are taught to do. So, you know, as, as we think about it and thinking about dealing with this, I think the, the best thing that we can do and what we have seen several of these examples as well is realizing that we have got to trust in the Lord. We've got to be realistic about things. When we do take things to God in prayer, it's not going to change things instantly. You know, prayer is not a, a magic charm or anything like that. And there are situations that we're going to have to go through. We're going to have to deal with it. But we trust in the Lord through it, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. We want to stay busy. You know, Romans twelve eleven talks about being fervent in our spirit and serving the Lord. And as we do that, we're living one day at a time, taking things as they come. James 4, 13 and 14. Uh, remember what James tells us there. Go to now you that say today or tomorrow, we're going to go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. But you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So what is your life? It's a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. So all of those types of things uh, will help us to keep that focus. I I found a quote. Someone said, blessed is the person who is too busy to worry in the daytime and too sleepy to worry at night. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought that was pretty good. Right. So, Well, it's amazing. Another one struck me while you were saying all of that because I thought of the one-talent man who said, I was afraid, knowing how you are, I was afraid of what you might do. I worried about what you might do, and that worry hindered him from getting the work done. He buries the talent in the ground, and the, the master says, you should have at least given it to the bank so it could have collected interest. And his worrying that prohibited him from doing what he should have done was his downfall. And if some of us in our world worry about things that we need to do, but we're so scared of God, and some people have done a really good job of making God to be this very scary individual all the time, no matter what, God is, vi- God is vengeful when he has to be, but he's a righteous and just God just as much. And so if we teach people that God is this vengeful God that will never forgive and never will love you, then yes, people will be worried to face him. But if they don't change anything, they're still going to face him, just like that one talent man. And all the same, they will stand before him not ready. Uh, Ryan, before you close this out, with where people might be able to go in the Bible to deal with worry. Do you have anything to add to the idea of who in the Bible worried and what we've been talking about? Well, what you I just wanted to add to what you mentioned with the one talent man. You said that that he worried about the um, about God's or the Lord's judgment and it's interesting that his worry caused the very thing that he was to happen that he wanted to avoid. Right. And very often the things that we worry about and the things that we're so <clears throat> so desperately trying to avoid actually bring them bring them about and our actions actually bring those things about so if we had one verse above any of that we might have already covered or one verse we've already covered I'll let each of you gentlemen answer and then we'll be able to close this episode out but if we had one verse that you had to go to to let people be comforted and not worrying 
Ryan, what would it be for you? Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right. And Derek? I, I agree. Philippians chapter 4 is the best chapter, the best passage we can go to mm-hmm. when we're dealing with this subject and thinking on the right things, Philippians 4.8, make right. sure that our minds are focused in the right way. Well, we really appreciate you two guys being on the program this this episode and the last episode, and uh, we'll have some show notes that will discuss uh, some of the things we talked about, and we really appreciate you listening. Uh, we're going to be having more episodes like this where we talk about far better than, and we have far better than an addicted life, and we have far better than a textless life, and so there's a lot that we can cover in our little summer season that we're doing here But what we want to tell you is right now, if you're dealing with worry, you can stop and you can pray and you can put all of your cares on the Father. As we mentioned in these episodes, casting our care upon Him because He cares for you. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So no matter when you you struggle and deal with worry, He's still there and ready and willing to be leaned upon by you. And so if you're struggling, this is the best way that I know how to deal with worry is to talk to people that can help you and to pray to God. Until we meet again, I hope we please God now so our eternity is far better.